Welcome to the home of the blessed people. And here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Adeomo. This is like apple of gold in the picture of silver. Thank you because our lives will never remain the same after this encounter. Speak to us, minister to us, lift us, change us, transform us. According to your predetermined counsel that you have predetermined for our lives before the world ever began. Thank you, Father, for this day and viewers watching from all over the world. Let the same power present here go through the waves to the nations of the world. And Lord, let no one go back remaining the same in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Anoint your word once again. Let there be victory. Let there be healing. Let there be deliverance. Let there be walking of miracles. Let there be salvation of souls. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God said, Amen. Come on, put those winning hands together for Jesus wherever you are. Amen. It's such a joy. Let's be seated. It's such a joy to be with you this morning. To bring with, to you the word of God which is able to change our lives forever. It's such a great joy for what God has been doing in our midst. The testimonies of people receiving the word of God. Acting on the word of God. And manifesting the glory of God in their lives as individuals and as a corporate body. And testimonies abounding on every side. We give God the glory because it's God at work in us both to do of his good will and of his good pleasure. I want to use this opportunity to thank all the workers yesterday for our first leg of our workers' summit. God bless you once again. And uh, the next one is coming this coming Saturday. We're trusting God is going to be a swell time in God's presence. Uh, our lives will never remain the same. We'll serve him more. We'll serve him better. We'll serve him even to the degree that he had uh, destined for us too in the name of Jesus. I want to use this opportunity also to appreciate each and every one of us. Today marks the grand finale of the second leg of our 63 days fasting and prayer. We want to thank God that this marks, today marks day 42 of the fasting and prayer. And um, I want you to know this grand finale will be 6 p.m. today. This same platform will be broadcasting. So gather your family uh, by your TV and we are going to pray together and we're going to prophesy. And God will surely bring his words to pass in the name of Jesus. Get ready. Be prepared to meet your God this evening in Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. Straight away, let us go into the word of God. Praise God. Last week, we started a series. The series was captioned, Believer's Victory, Part 1. Today, we'll be continuing the Believer's Victory, Part 2. Last week, we really majored on the victory for the church. Church as an individual person and church as a global or company of believers or what we, the Greek calls the ecclesia, the body of Christ. The body of Christ, victory has been purchased 
for each and every one of us individually and each and every one of us when we come together corporately as a body. Last week, one of the things we clarified in Revelations chapter 2 and Revelations chapter 3, it is clear that the victory that we are talking about belongs to a category of people. This category of people are called overcomers. And he said, it's only to the overcomers that the promises of God are for. Revelations 2, 7, Revelations 2, 11, Revelations 2, 17, Revelations 2, 26. To him that overcomes is the promise given to. He said, to him that overcomes. To them that overcomes, this will happen. To him that overcomes, that will happen. To him that overcomes, that will happen. Why? Because the promises of God are for overcomers. And thank God because in Christ Jesus you have been made an overcomer. That, those are one of the things we went through last week. But let's keep on going as I bring the summary. It says, the question is this. Are you an overcomer? Because the promises of God that are yes and amen are for the overcomers. The question you need to ask yourself this morning is, are you an overcomer? Revelations 21 verse 7 states it clearly. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God, saith the Lord of hosts, and he shall be my son. He shall be my son. I will be his God. He shall be my son. But it's to him that overcomes. It's only overcomers that will inherit the promises of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we now went further last week by saying, how have we become overcomers? We need to find out because it's only for overcomers. And we saw from the word of God that the first thing that we need to understand while dealing with this subject of victory, is the fact that Jesus, through his death and resurrection, already administered to Satan a total, a permanent, a final, and irreversible defeat. Nothing Satan can do about it to change it. Because Jesus has defeated the devil that gave you and I a status. That gave you and I a position in the realm of a spirit to be termed as overcomers. As people who have overcome in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Colossians chapter 2 from verses 13 to 15 dug deeper for us to see the process by which we have overcome. In verse 14 of Colossians chapter 2, he states there that he blotted out the handwriting that was written against us and the ordinances that was against us that was contrary to us. He took it away and he nailed it on the cross. In verse 15, <laughs> glory be to God, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a public show of them, openly triumphing over them in it. Glory be to God. We looked at the word triumph last week. We said it was the culture of the Romans. 
Anytime the Roman general won a war, the Senate of the Roman Empire will vote him triumphant, will vote him a triumph. And that ceremony is conducted for him when the whole of Rome will line up on the two sides of the street and the general on a white horse will be riding majestically across. And something will happen. All the booties of war, all the captives of war will be lined up against him in chains, will be lined up behind him in chains. And if there were animals they had never seen before from the place that he had captured, they would also walk behind and go on and on and on. Praise God. That was the voice of triumph. That was the ride of triumph. That was the walk of triumph. It is not the war. It is the celebration of victory that is triumph. And the Bible says we are triumphant. We are overcomers. Glory be to God. And I see you in every area of your life, you will overcome. In areas of your life that you haven't been overcoming, by virtue of this declaration and proclamation, you become an overcomer in the name of Jesus. Overcomer in your home. Overcomer in your life. Overcomer in your destiny. In your health, you're an overcomer. In your wealth, you're an overcomer. Overcomer you are. Overcomer he has made you. Overcomer he purchased for you. And you are an overcomer come in Christ Jesus. If you believe that, lift up your hands and shout, yes. Glory be to God. And for this to become a reality, there were two things that he did. The first major part of what he did was that he took care of our guilt. He took care of our past. That was the first thing. If the guilt is not taken care of, there's no way you can be an overcomer. To bring this legal truth to active truth in your life, you need to latch your faith on what he has done. The first thing, ladies and gentlemen, he did was that he took care of your guilt. He took care of my guilt. One of Satan's greatest weapons against us is holding us to our past. If we don't take care of the past, ladies and gentlemen, we are no match for him. And that's why he wants to keep you guilty all the days of your life. That's why the truth will always set you free. I say let this truth become a revelation that will bring a revolution in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says concerning us in Colossians 2.13, having forgiven us all our trespasses, he forgave us everything in our past. And that is final. The devil doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to hold on to that. The second thing that he did was to obtain this victory for us is that he abolished the law of Moses as a means of attaining righteousness with God. That it is no longer a requirement. That it was through the law of Moses alone that you can become the righteousness of God. You can now become righteous by faith in Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. So having put these things in place, taking care 
of our, the weapons the enemy has against us. Listen to me once again. Listen to me, all nations of the world. These are the two major enemies. These are the two major weapons the devil uses to take saints down. The first one is guilt. Put you, box you in a position of guilt. The next one is to attack you in your righteousness. That you have no legal standing before God. And these two things that Jesus took care of it on the cross. The weapons the enemy has against you. But today we are going to go to that part concerning the fact that we have to release ourselves to the obedience of God in Christ Jesus. That is the weapon we have against the enemy. So we need to be strong in the weapon we have against the enemy. And what summarizes this weapon against the enemy is obedience. And I've splitted this manifestation of obedience in seven different categories. These are the seven requirements of a church, the church universal, the church individual, to overcome the devil any day, any time. He's got two weapons against you. Guilt and righteousness. Once you have dealt with that, now you bring your weapon. Your weapon is surprised as what? Obedience. And that obedience, I've splitted it into seven categories. Last week, we dealt with four of those categories. Praise God. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? All right. We dealt with four. Number one, guard against division. Church universal. Church individual, you must guard against division. Don't be the instrument of division. Don't be the link of division. Don't be the one dividing. The Bible says a church, it says a kingdom warring against each other will not what? Will not stand. There's no way the body of Christ will move forward. There's no way that local church will move forward if we're beckering on each other. Praise God. So understand this as saints of God. By disobeying this instruction, we are empowering the devil. By disobeying, by being neutral about it, we are empowering the enemy to have its way. So number one, because of time, guard against division. Number two, selflessness. Don't be selfish. You must bring your life from me, myself, I, to the point that you live for others. He did not come to live for himself. He lived for others. The Bible says he left you and I an example that we do what? We follow in his steps. He said, I have my power to take it up. I have power to put it down. He put it down. He laid down his life for you and I. He said, likewise, do ye for others. Lay down your life for others. Live a selfless life. It's a call to live a selfless life. Praise God. 
You see, one that has, the Bible says, a corn. It says a grain cannot come up unless it first was, dies. It can't grow. It can't become whatever it's supposed to be unless it first dies. That's selflessness. That is selfishness being murdered when you die to self. Didn't Jesus say it? He said, he that will follow me will first of all deny himself. Deny himself. But you see, self is so full in many believers. Many believers are so full of themselves. And there's no room for God to take residence in their abode. Selflessness. Living a life for others. Number three. We talked about submission and submissiveness. Submission to God. Submission to his word. Submission to authorities God has said. Number four. Number four. Okay, this is where I'm starting today, sorry. Number four, the fourth one. Put on the whole armor of God. If you are going to be always living a life of victory, put on the whole armor of God as God has instructed. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. We are going to read down to 18. Ephesians 6, 12. Praise God. Put on the whole armor of God. You have to put on the whole armor. Remember, it doesn't grow on you. You put it on. Everybody say, put it on. You have to go for it. You have to put it on. It doesn't grow on anybody. Nobody was born with it. That means it goes through the process of discipline. You have to consciously go for it. Take it up and put it on. Put it on. Don't put it on others. Put it on yourself. Praise God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Look at all the things that are waging war against us. It's not flesh and blood. It's not human beings. It's not that brother. It's not that sister. It's not that man. It's not that woman. It's not your father-in-law. It's not your mother-in-law. He says that what we are facing, the enemy we are facing, they are not physical enemies. They are spiritual. You know, one of the problems in the world today is that we like solving spiritual problems with physical solutions. It doesn't come that way. A spiritual problem is dealt with spiritually, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 13, after describing the category of Forces that are against us, principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness. You know there's some wickedness in our places. They are invincible. They could manifest through people, but it's really the source you want to target. He said, wherefore, because you have this kind of challenge, he's talking to believers, efficient the efficient church were a group of believers. This letter was written to them. They were believers. They were born again. But they were telling them about a warfare. There is a battle. For you to have victory, there is a battle. 
And he's saying that here that, look, because you have all these principalities and powers waging war against you, therefore take unto yourself the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. In other translation says that you may be able to resist. Resist. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, what do you do? You still stand. It's a battle. It's a war. It's not physical. It's not bow and arrows. It's not shotguns and pistols. No. He's saying that this warfare is not flesh and blood. It's not physical, but it's spiritual. Now, because it's spiritual, you need to put on spiritual weaponry. He said, first of all, do this for yourself. Because these people, these forces are already against you. You need to have another force that's going to resist them, that can stand against them. So it begins to list them. Stand therefore, having your loins, guide about with truth. So truth is a weapon. Truth is a weapon. That's why as believers, cultivate the habit of telling the truth at all times. Some believers tell the truth only when it favors them. When it doesn't favor you, you say, let's apply wisdom. That's not Christianity. The enemy is taking note. You remember they are spiritual. They are watching. Don't let them have a mud on you. Don't let them have one on you. Praise God. Because he's coming to use it later. Speak the truth at all times. Saying whom there is no guile. Let there be no guile, deception in your lips. It's a weapon. It says, gather about the truth. Having your blessed plate of righteousness. You see, your heart is a very delicate part of your body. He says you should cover your heart because he wants to shoot an arrow in your heart. He wants a spear to go through your heart. But when you have the breastplate of righteousness, no way. He can't get through. So guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. It covers those delicate organs. And your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That is your feet. You must cover your feet in war too. When the enemy strikes your feet, uh, you, if he hits your feet, you start limping and you become a liability in war. You don't want that to happen. How do you do that? He said, make sure you prepare your feet with the gospel. Speak the word. Share the word. Many people don't know that preaching the word is a weapon against the devil. It's a weapon. Praise God. Yes, go on. Verse 16. Above all, I love this. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench every fairy dart of the enemy. As the enemy is shooting shots, you are quenching it with the shield of faith. You are quenching it every time. You are quenching it. He fires an arrow, you quench it. Praise God. Now let's go on. 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now I love this. After putting all those weapons on, he now says this, verse 18. Are you with me, church? He says, praying always with all prayer. 
<laughs> with all prayer. Every kind of prayer. There are about nine of them. I've taught it several times in this church. Go on Spotify if you are listening to Ross Fresh and go and look at the all kinds of prayers. We have, I mean, all kinds of prayers. Many people think it's only one kind of prayer they are supposed to pray. You have to pray every kind of prayer. Why? Opposition. Why? Principalities and powers. Why? Rulers of the darkness of this world. Why? Spiritual wickedness in high places. So, some people say, oh, I prayed. No, you have not prayed all kind of prayers. You have not prayed all kind of prayers. And that's why I love this church. We give ourselves continually to prayers. It first looks at 63 days. How will we fast 63 days? Even though some of you are, hmm, you are breaking 12 noon. God knows you. Praise God. But, I mean, you are giving yourself to prayer. That's the important thing. Praise God. You are giving yourself to prayer. Keep on giving yourself to prayer. Because we are in a war, not a play fair. Are you listening to me, ladies and gentlemen? He said, praying always with all manner, with all prayer, intercontinental prayers. Praise God. We need to pray all manner of prayers. Pray every kind of prayer. As a child of God, don't give up on praying. Jesus said in Luke 18:1, men ought always to pray and not to faint. When the Son of God came as Son of Man, he prayed at all times. And the Bible says he left for us an example. His life was an example of an overcomer's life. And this is how you overcome. You pray. You pray in and out of season. You pray at all times. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no excuse for not praying. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. You let the enemy ride over you if you are not prayerful. Praise God. Teach your household to pray. Teach your children to pray. Do you know children, children, they latch onto your prayers. There was a day for, 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 for some time, I did not know this, when my son, I mean, when my daughter was about four, five years old. I didn't know this. I didn't know she, she was watching every, I mean, the way we pray, especially the father. The way, then there was a day at five, you know, he just said, okay, you lead the prayer today. I was shocked. I was shocked. She will use my lines and my sentences. Lord, we pray by the energy of your spirit. I said, who taught you energy of your spirit? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. And she started saying it. And that tells you that children, they pick. They pick what you say. They pick it. Don't pray in their presence. Let them know how to pray. Amen. And from time to time, make them lead the prayer. Teach them. Let them be sound in the world. When they are of age, they will remember what you taught them. Amen. That's how the household of faith operates. This an household of faith. You are operating in your house. Live, teach your life to your children by faith. Amen. And they will surely be great in this life. In the name of Jesus. So don't forget, put on the whole armor. Put it on. That is one armor that we don't usually talk about. Praying all manner of prayer. It's an armor. Praise God. 
It's an armor. You got to pray at all times. Have bodies who pray. Have friends who pray. Don't tell me you don't have any friends. Have a friend at least who prays. That's the most important friend you need. Praise God. Pray at all times. Look for one prayer meeting. Show up and go and pray. Praise God. And God will help you. God will help us in Jesus' name. Number five, the fifth weapon that you need. Church local, church universal. Our need of God's supernatural power. Our need of what? God's supernatural power. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, don't sit down with the natural. You must be a supernatural child of God. You are born of the spirit. Your spirit man needs to be strong. He said be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ladies and gentlemen, there are 28 chapters in the book of Acts. There are 28 chapters in the book of Acts of the Apostle. There is no chapter without the supernatural. I tried the exercise to remove every place where supernatural is occurring in every chapter and see what chapters will remain. No chapter remains, sir. Every chapter is supernatural. You will see the hand of God there. We cannot accomplish God's will by our own natural ability, ladies and gentlemen. Our natural ability will fail us. Natural ability cannot give you victory. You need to switch to the supernatural. Constantly and continually. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. This is where we need to be strong. We have been teaching on the gifts of the Holy Ghost in our Bible studies. We need to be strong in the manifestation of the Spirit. If you want victory, this is where victory is. Be strong in these weapons, in these tools that God has given us to remain an overcomer because we are already overcomers in Christ Jesus. Praise God. So we need it in our lives. We need the power of God like never before, especially in these last days. We need it. The Bible says darkness is increasing. In these last days, we too need to increase in the power of the light. It says in 1 Corinthians 4.20, that the kingdom of God is not in talking, but is living by God's power. God's power must be evident in your life like never before. And we need to press into it. God's power is always available, but it's those who press into it. He said the kingdom of God suffered violence. It's only the violent that will take that kingdom by force. It's for those who press into it. And these are the days that the enemy and the world is selling the lies of complacency to Christians. Sell, selling the lies, I mean, teaching, teachings out there on greasy grace and so on and so forth. Not making you press into the supernatural. Just want to sit down. The Bible says he himself, listen to this, Romans 1, 4, he himself, he declared to be the son of God, not with chocolates. He declared to be the son of God in power. It was with power. He said, I don't guarantee this going. Acts 1, 8, 
Wait, I mean, uh, Luke 24. He says, I don't guarantee this going. Wait until you be endued with power from on high. You can't do this thing without power. And Acts 1.8 came. He said, uh, Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. Ye shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost comes on you. And ye shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses. So that means I can't be a witness without having power. No wonder many people are not witnessing anymore. There's no power. Thank you, Father. We need to touch our world, ladies and gentlemen. In John 1, 12, he says, As many that received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Nothing will touch our world more than the demonstration of power with others. Very important, ladies and gentlemen. Your life must be loaded with power. You must be a person of power. The Bible says where the word of a king is, there is power. You are a king and a priest unto God. Everywhere you go, you must be able to command the power of God to flow. In your place of work, in your neighborhood, in everywhere you find yourself, the power of God is available for flow. Amen. In power. This week, my sister pulled a call to me and was letting me know that one of our neighbors... Uh, when we were growing up, is uh, now in the United States and said, oh, they bumped into each other and he said, I should greet you. And she related the message to me. I said, wow, fantastic. He mentioned his name. He said, yeah. I said, is he now a Christian? My, my sister first laughed. This guy was living opposite my house, a house that my parents' house where I grew up. And this, this chap was a chronic Muslim at that time. He was a Muslim. I know one, once, twice or thrice I've reached out to him before, but no, he did not give his life to Christ. Until, and I, said, and I asked my wife, and I asked my sister, I said, how did he get saved? Because he was one of those stony-hearted guys. How did he get saved? He said, he said you know what? He said, he's not only saved, he's on fire. I said, ah, <laughs> tell me. I like to listen to testimonies like this. He said, my, my sister told me, he said, you know, when people from the other side, for example, Muslims, when they come to give their lives to Christ, they don't stay at the level that nominal Christians or normal Christians stay. He said, their own is with head on, full, 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 uh, full force, full power, full everything. He said, she was sitting down in her church when their pastor came to preach. His own pastor, through whom he gave his life to Christ, came to preach. And he was armor-bearing for his pastor. Uh, he said he looked at him, that, ah, this is, uh, is this not bragging God? We, I know this brother. Then he went to him after service and introduced us. and said, ah, he said, it's you, it's you, it's you. He said, ah, he said, bros, what happened? Then he narrated the story that the first child was sick. He said there was no way they have not taken the child to. The hospitals have given up on the child. Everybody has given up on the child. And this man really loved the child. That was his first daughter. 
Then until a friend of them invited him to this man of God's crusade. So he went, he took the girl, and the power of God healed her. She became totally healed of the ailment. Since then, the man surrendered. In the days of his power, the young man will become a free will offering. That's just the truth. That's why we need a demonstration of power like never before. And you know that it is increasing. The population of the world is increasing. Everything can't depend on the church and crusades. You must be a carrier of the power too. Where you can lift up your hands to heaven, command the power of God to flow, and it flows wherever you direct it to flow. Praise God. And I see God do mighty things through you in the name of Jesus. 2 Timothy 3.8 explains it. Paul had a vision of this time. Yes, 2 Timothy 3.8. There, there was a particular statement. He said, now, as James, as James and Jambres withstood Moses, so also do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt mind reprobate concerning the faith. The Bible is saying here that there will be a resistance in the last days. Just like James and Jambres resisted Moses. These were magicians in Egypt. When Moses threw down his rod, they threw down their own rod. You understand what I'm saying? He turned into snake. Their own rod too turned into snake. But the, the good news is that Moses' snake, he ate all the other snakes. And you can imagine when Moses was walking out of Pharaoh's palace, his, his stick was bigger. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. That's demonstration of power. Listen to me. In these last days, in these last days, we will see power like we have never seen before. In the name of Jesus. That's why our prayer life must be hot. That is why the things of the spirit must be at an apogee level. That is why the things of God must be real and come first in our lives. Praise God. So, he's saying here that as, as Moses was resisted, there will be resistance in these last days. But the power of God, we are what? We are what? Overcomers. And the power of God is available to keep us as overcomers. Glory be to God. Amen. So by demonstration, superior power is coming. Number six, number six, we must apply the power of praise and proclamation to stay in victory. Praise and proclamation must always be in place. Don't let it be on church service alone. That is when you know how to praise God. Look, Paul and Silas, we always refer to that they praise God. I'm sure it was a habit in their lives. Because if it wasn't a habit, do you know this? Maybe my music director can confirm this. If you have not been in regular practice, when they tell you on the day of performance, if they say, come and perform, you know, that day you will be goofing again and again. But if you are somebody that has been, you have perfected the song, you have practiced and practiced and practiced, even if they wake you from bed, the only thing is just to make sure that you are awake. Leave the rest. You will do well. So the same thing, if you have been used to praising God, if it has become a habit, it has become your lifestyle, on the day of reckoning, you will not goof. 
On the day of reckoning, it will be like a normal thing to see the power of God happen. That's why I'm saying that it's not the day you get into trouble. It's not the day that you are challenged. It's not the day that the, the evil day when it shows up. That's the day you want to start rehearsing for your praise and worship. It will be too late. So cultivate the habit. It's a weapon. Praise and worship is a weapon against the enemy. We can apply the power of praise. We can apply the power of proclamation. Jeremiah 31 verse 7. Jeremiah 31 verse 7. Jeremiah 31 verse 7. He said, for thus saith the Lord, sing with gladness, O Jacob, shout among the chief of the nations, publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Three things he says you should do there. Number one is to praise. Number two is to proclaim, publish it. Number three is to pray. So we are to praise. We are to proclaim. We are to pray in overcoming. Psalm 102 verse 18. Psalm 102 verse 18. And this is prophetic concerning us. Jeremiah was talking about, I mean, here in the book of Psalms, the psalmist was talking about a generation that would do this thing right, the way God wants it done. He did it as much as he could do it in his generation, employed a lot of people. They would pay, they, they, pray, they, they, they praise God for 33 and a half years. Day and night, non-stop. He did the best he could do in his own generation, but there was a generation he was talking about. Let's see this generation. He said, this shall be written for the generation to come. See, generation to come. It had not yet come, but they are coming. And the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. The generation to come, they are a people that will be created. And one thing they will be known for, they will praise the Lord. If there is any prophecy the charismatics should take from the scripture and the Pentecostals, this is one of the key ones. That generation, I believe strongly was talking about the charismatic and the, uh, 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 and the Pentecostals because they are the ones who caught the revelation of praise. They were a generation that will give praise to God. They understand to give praise to God. The question to, for us today is, are we doing it? Are we doing it or are we just saying it? Are we doing it in your closet? Do you praise God? When you wake up in the morning, do you praise God? Do you spend quality time to just lock yourself up and give him praise? Beloved, it's a weapon. Beloved, you are putting principalities and powers where they belong. But beloved, it's the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost that you are commanding to find expression when you go for praise and worship from time to time. Praise God. Psalm, two, verse eight, Psalm 8 verse 2. Let me tell you what it does. One of the secrets of praising him is this. I want to show you today. Out of babes, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, he has ordained strength. Because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. Why has he ordained praise? It says strength here, yeah? but I will show you. In Matthew chapter 9, you know, Jesus Christ said, out of babes and sucklings, he has ordained what? 
He has perfected praise. He has perfected praise. So Jesus Christ changed it to praise, showing us that this is the way to have strength in the Lord, is to praise the Lord. That's how to have strength, is to praise the Lord, is to praise him. He said out of babes and sucklings, he has perfected praise. So why did he perfect praise? So that he might do what? Steal the enemy and the avenger. He can put shut up. He can silence the enemy. Many of you are out there. You need to silence those enemies. You need to silence those voices. You need to silence those things. You need to silence those negative voices against your life, against your destiny. But this month as you praise him in victory, I speak over your life. Every enemy of your soul will be silenced forever in the name of Jesus Christ. They will be silenced forever in the name of Jesus Christ. Lack will be silenced. Sickness will be silenced. Diseases will be silenced. Lack of progress will be silenced. Lack of promotion will be silenced. Every enemy of your soul be silenced forever in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. We need to do this, ladies and gentlemen. We need to do it constantly. And consistently. Praise God. Praise God. Another thing we need to do is proclamation. We need to. The proclamation is an activity of an herald. An heralder. One that proclaims. One that speaks loudly to the community on something. Praise God. Lastly, because of our time. Number seven. Commitment. Commitment. Write this one very well. Commitment. Revelations 12, 11 says, We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That is what Jesus has done. And by the word we proclaim. The word we testify. Satan is not offended. Satan is not afraid of uncommitted Christians. If he knows you're a child of God, you have overcome. Mm -hmm. But if he knows that you are not committed to that lifestyle of an overcomer, like these lifestyles we are listing now, if he knows you are not committed, he knows he still has hope. Are you listening to me? He knows he still has hope. He's never afraid of uncommitted Christians. You want to keep the devil far from your tab tabernacle? Be a committed Christian. Be a committed Christian. You need to develop depth in your commitment. Many believers are too shallow in their commitment to God and the things of God. A little weather, a little shaking will shake them off. You don't be a Christian that can just be moved away. The Bible says we belong to a kingdom that can't be moved. You should be like that. Your nature should be like that. As a representative of the kingdom, your debt in God should be solid. It should not be a wavering debt. You have got to take a decision 
to go deeper in your commitment to God. Let the devil know that it's a waste of time to convince you or unconvince you when it comes to the things of God. Let him know it's a waste of time. That your commitment is beyond this world. I'm trusting God that God is going to help you. That as we have listed these seven things, you will adjust your lives accordingly. So that you can continue to attract the overcoming nature of Christ to be preeminent in your life. That even before you speak, your life itself has been speaking of the manner of person you have become. You are an overcomer. And you have overcome because of what Jesus has done in taking away the weapons of the enemy and now by giving you weapons to put the enemy where he belongs. All these seven requirements, all these seven things I've listed are weapons in themselves to put the devil where they belong. I want to thank God for your life. All the days of your life you will overcome. No evil will be for you. No plague will come near your dwelling place. You will always overcome in every battle of life, the current ones you are facing and the ones you will face. It will be like a walk in the park for you. In the name of Jesus, because he has overcome on your behalf. Lift up your hands to heaven right now and begin to thank him. Thank him for being an overcomer. Thank him for making you an overcomer. I want you to mention those things before him that you are still struggling with, that you are still battling with. Declare over those things that you are an overcomer. Are there sinful habits in your life? You haven't overcome. Declare it over your life. You are an overcomer. Is it pornography? Somebody's been delivered from that spirit of pornography right now. The Lord says he's cleansing your heart. Proclaim it. Say it loud. That concerning you, you have overcome. You are leaving this past behind you. In the name of Jesus, you have overcome. You are an overcomer. He's the one that made you overcome. is not lying to you. He's not a man that will lie. He's not the son of man that will repent. As he said it, will he not do it? As he spoken, will he not bring it to pass? In the name of Jesus, bad habits over your life. He's broken. Those chains are falling over your life. In the name of Jesus, you are victorious. You have victory over sin. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. In the name of Jesus, glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in Jesus' name. Well, you are out there this morning. You don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. But you want to do something about it today. You want to bring Jesus into your life. You want to become a child of God so that you can overcome. The Bible says that these promises are only for those who overcome. And it's only in Christ that you can overcome. Wherever you are in the nations of the world, you can click. Even if it's on YouTube, there is a page you can click there. It's going to lead you to our app. And then you can fill out your details. Because we want to get to you. We want to bring a Bible to you. We want to tell you we love you. We are interested in you walking in this new journey. So if you are there and you want to make this decision, you mean it from your heart, I'd like you to do something this morning. I want you to lay your right hand on your chest. 
and you close your eyes as well just to be able to concentrate on what you're about to do. As you're closing your eyes, I want you to speak to God and tell him that you are sorry of every way that you have lived that is contrary to his ways. You want him to come and forgive you all your sins. You want to have a brand new life. You want all the things you have done in times past for him to forgive you and give you a brand new life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name. Right now, I want you to say after me, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Today, I confess you as my personal Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Write my name in the book of life. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you died for me, that you rose from the dead on my behalf to give me a brand new life. Today, I receive eternal life. Today, I am born again according to the word of God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hallelujah. Amen. You are welcome to the family of God. As I've told you, just click on the YouTube channel there. A page will show up. The link is down there for to take you to our app. And then you can fill in your details and we will get some materials to you. And we want you to be part of this journey. God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Now I pray for you out there also. Stretch forth your hands towards this screen right now as I, as I pray with you. Father, Lord God of heavens, I pray with every man. Can you zoom that camera towards me? Lord, I pray with, for, with everybody out there that is believing you for one miracle or the other or going through a time of difficulty. Lord, I ask by the reason of the anointing, King of glory, that every yoke, every yoke of obstruction, every yoke of delay, every yoke of denial, every yoke of misfortune be broken over these lives in the name of Jesus. I'm trusting you for answers to prayer. The King of glory, they have trusted you, believed you, and as they are stretching their faith, I stretch my faith with theirs. The King of glory, let it come to pass for them in the name of Jesus. Let good news be their portion this week in the name of Jesus. Whatever they have been battling, let there be a turnaround in their favor in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Before the next week Sunday, you will have a testimony. There's somebody else. Before the Thanksgiving in March, you will have a testimony. I said Thanksgiving. I mean declare his praise service. Amen. God bless you. I'm sure that the Lord has ministered to you today. And I'm trusting him that you will be part of those who have a testimony for next week. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services every Sunday live at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and our Bible study every Friday 
at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead, and God bless you.